welcome to the Sports Loft Podcast, where we talk to the companies that are shaping the future of technology in the sports industry. And today, we're particularly excited to be joined by the newest member of Sports Loft, uh, Pumpjack DataWorks, um, in the form of their CEO and founder, the fabulous Nick Goggins. Nick, welcome. Well, thank you. Pleasure, pleasure to be here. Uh, pleasure to be it's- at Loft, as it were. Yes, exactly. Well, speaking of being in the loft, I hear that congratulations are in order. You've you've just moved on top of doing all of the excellent work you guys are doing. So, congratulations. How's that gone? It's it's great. You know, uh, if we're going to be, uh, I think we were just tired of our our present place in this uh, COVID world we live in. So, uh, you know, just change up the scenery uh, and uh, needed needed a new space. Yeah, get some faster internet. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, listen, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. We're um, particularly excited to have uh, Pump Jack on board because uh, you guys are making a lot of headlines in, in the sports industry and working with a lot of really fascinating folks. You're making a big foray into Europe uh, as well, which is, uh, which is great. Um, and we're really excited to see where, um, where this business can go. But let's, let's find out a little bit more about it. Why don't you tell us about Pump Jack, uh, how you came up with the idea and what it is that you guys do? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So, I mean, I think that the uh, pump jack began when I was on a road trip driving through Electra, Texas, uh, which is uh, a field. I'll pretend I know where that is. Yeah, it's kind of near the panhandle. Um, so if you think okay. of the flattest place you could possibly imagine, it's that. Uh, right. And then uh, on both sides of the highway, imagine nothing you can see are pump jacks, which are, you know, the... Uh, or, or basically those, those, those wells or however you might understand mm-hmm. them that just are, are literally pumping the oil. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a, a, one of the more famous oil fields. But, you know, in that moment, it was just bringing all together the, the, the you know, the metaphors we've heard and uh, data is new oil, uh, et cetera. And, you know, I, I'd been thinking about that as I was uh, about to start a new vision. I was doing some sports tech investments at the time. And that was kind of, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the genesis of really kind of beginning into that and uh, really wanting to start this uh, journey and uh, called a friend of mine, Tom Tursick, who had been at uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, and we kind of connected on opportunities and kind of bringing data to life for organizations in sports entertainment. And, uh, you know, and he said, yeah, it sounds great. And so that was uh Soon after that, we uh, kind of made one of our first moves, which was the acquisition of a company called Tixie um, that had uh, provided the, the mobile app, uh, digital ticketing, and a uh, analytics backend uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. And so that, that kind of started the process where we've been scaling out the, those variety of different systems into the kind of present uh, uh, fan data cloud that we've, we've developed now at PumpJack. Great, and and the Mavericks, of course, noted for for being front runners on all things technology, from performance to actual engagement with fans. So, really, really cool to be jumping uh, jumping in bed uh, uh, in bed with that from an early stage. Um, but listen, one one question that I always ask myself because you know data is the new oil, and and everybody wants to kind of jump on that bandwagon. Everybody sees the Facebooks and the Amazons and the Netflix who who become huge companies off the back of data what is data how, how how can how can we quantify it and how can we understand it better in the in, within the sports industry yeah you know i think it's a question that um is not asked a lot to be honest with you. we all you know it's like you like to get on the the circuits and you know data is important data is valuable everybody nods what is uh, to your point what is it ultimately and, and how is it different 
Um, so I think as we talk about data in the sports context, I mean, the first division um, is kind of splitting between the different sides of a sports business, right? So there's the pitch and then there's the rest of the business. Um, so just for a second, let's suspend that this conversation that we're going to have around data is not about, uh, you know, money ball and on the field analytics, you know, it can be, but let's just remove that from the equation for a second. I think sports is. So we're removing, we're removing performance. We're talking about business ops. Correct. And I think some of the, uh, irony that as things have evolved so quickly on, on the pitch and making and in the field and arenas. Uh, courts making that better. Uh, there's been a lag in kind of uh, the organization understanding itself and its connection with fans uh, at the same speed of uh, intelligence and, and knowledge gain. Whereas you have uh, these other parties, uh, such as you know, Facebook, Amazon that you mentioned, others um, that are meanwhile uh, gaining the signal of sports interest appended to the deeper profiles and understandings they have ultimately what that's starting to ha create is a frenemy relationship right uh uh mm. which is kind of saying well okay ultimately who's monetizing that digital engagement is it is it uh is it the facebook plat ad platform uh that can now uh you know I can buy, if I'm Budweiser, I can buy ads on, on Facebook with any kind of signal around they like the NBA or they like, you know, these Texas teams or et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but, you know, what can the team bring into the data game uh, or the league or the federation that maybe these other uh, systems don't know? Uh, and I think ultimately uh, that is really, if we kind of look at the back up a step and let's say before there was digital, what is data? Mm. Okay. And so basically, you know, data more or less is, is information raw, you know, before it's uh, informed, it's just data points, ones and zeros. Uh, right. So kind of, and that can be, that can be around anything, right? It could be right. around uh, age. It could be around gender. It could be about spending habits with the team. It could be around uh, how you interact with the team when you're in the arena or at the stadium, just like the, there's, it's sort of, you, you sort of, it, the mind boggles at all of the data that one could collect. I guess the, the art and the science and, and, and where you guys are really coming in is actually here's how you harness that, right? Correct. Because I do think there is an art and a science. And I think that traditionally it's uh, predominantly been art, right? Uh, so mm -hmm. if you, with, you know, with respect to traditional, uh, you know, audience measurement models and uh, statistics and all that, Yes, you know, that, that science and everything. But if we're just talking about, you know, the ultimate data point uh, for, you know, 40 years of uh, sports industry monetization, right? Uh, you know, basically, um, it kind of begins with the advent of the radio, right? So, when, you know, the second, you know, if we look at technology and sports and data points, right? Mm -hmm. okay. So, uh, after there was the, you know, the ticket, the match, and maybe the paper the next day, um, well, if as soon as there was a radio broadcast, who listened and how many people, right? Listened, right? So that created right. a problem. Then obviously maybe the next great technology is light of the stadium, right? Which now adding mm -hmm. games and more, uh, and then you have obviously TV, uh, and, and, and that growth. And really, if you think about how we're measuring the audience and how many and who they are, 
as a as far as it relates to the, the hardcore revenue, we're still in that world. Uh, we're not yet in a fully digitized uh, world, and, and data is at present starting to catch up to that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and while that's happening, the uh, it's also becoming more complicated to do so because you're seeing a, a great boon. It's only been accelerated by uh, this year of COVID restrictions and so forth, where uh, more and more fans are engaging increasingly in distributed places, right? Which is yeah. not necessarily a, a good or bad thing. It's just a fact, right? So mm -hmm. if, if we've gone from an area where we might have had at one time, maybe even just five years ago, where we might have 10 fan engagement technologies just in-house and then maybe some social media and, you know, and that, that's kind of our uh, digital diaspora off broadcast, right? Um, well, you know, what data points do we have from those? What are our rights? We mm -hmm. How is that managed? Um, and how are we improving that? So those core questions are, are, are difficult to answer if there has, if there's not really an understanding on kind of the, uh, uh, the ultimate uses of data. I think that's where it's been difficult uh, in the sports industry specifically, but many industries are struggling with this. So Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, but it sounds yeah. it, it sounds a bit like a it sounds a bit like a challenge of volume versus multiplier. If, if sort of if I simplify it down in my mind, right? You're mm -hmm. taking a model of volume, right? We had mm -hmm. 30 million people watch Game Seven of the World Series. That means that you know if you put an average number against each one of them, the sponsorship value or the broadcast value is X. Right. Whereas the flip side, the way that the, the data-driven companies are looking at things is, okay, great, you've got volume. What I've got is I know that I can make 10, 20, 30 times more from one individual if I really know them very well and I know their patterns. Not to put you on the spot, but like, do you have an idea of what that multiplier is? Do you have an idea of what it could be if, if people did the played the data game well? Yeah. No, it's a good question. I think there are, there are a couple of things that go into that multiplier that I think if we kind of further talk about, you know, what let's keep going on. What is data here? Right. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I kind of look at there's a few more, but I think there's maybe six maybe essential pillars of data uh, effectively. And each of these come together in thinking about what data is more valuable to tell a more valuable narrative uh, and prove it. So to your point, yes, a lot of what we're talking about here is the movement of value from not only, not exclusively just more people equals more value. Obviously more people mm -hmm. will, will be a big factor of that, but ultimately what do we know about them and how? what is the quality of the source of that knowledge? Right. Mm. And, and so there's so these six pillars kind of go to that. Right. So I think the first one is thinking through identification. Right. And so that is where we tie into. Is this an anonymous person? Is this uh, do I just have a device? Do I have right. Right, right, right. Right. person, you know, the cookies and all that tracking? And obviously there's privacy things related to that. And are they a registered? Are they a, a club member? You know, and as we as we go up that analysis, you're seeing that there's there's value that's built just on knowing literally who, right? Mm -hmm. Now we think about sources. So you know, if uh, if I, for example, if if I'm going to register as 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 a fan of the, the Sports Loft FC, 
Um, okay. Well, Great team, by the way. Fabulous. Fantastic. We're all newcomers. So uh, if we look at the sources, uh, you know, there's lots of talk today about this. And so maybe it's worth kind of defining a bit. First party versus second party versus third party. Yep. Right. Yep. And so, yes, uh, you know, first party is is the most valuable. And that's our, our belief uh, that that is an asset for the rights holder increasingly and really thinking through how do I help get more information first party and then what should I be asking for and how do I make good on that trade of information with my fan and that should be mm. a developing thing first party should be thought of as a garden right and it never it never stops tending it also never stops bearing fruit when you get it right Right now, right, right, right. move to second party, which I think is really interesting, uh, which, you know, and let's put in that is this is where we have uh, partners, you know, so if we think of first party as owning second party might be leasing. Right. Uh, right. So where that is, is let's say that, that would be a relationship if I'm a club. OK, my second party relationship might be with the league. So how does the NFL trade data with the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, and the rules around that, uh, you know, uh, what would, uh, uh, and also maybe even you could get to a player and the team, which is another interesting thing. That mm -hmm. uh, also obviously sponsor and league sponsor and club, those sorts of, uh, dynamics, right. And also within second party are, uh, and, and the way I define it are the kind of social, uh, networks and broadcasters, right? So when we do a right. we're extending our audience in these distribution channels uh what are we getting back and ultimately in some of these platforms it bleeds a little bit in the first party because sometimes there's the opportunity for that fan to say yes i'm signing up direct first party however uh i'm going to allow that uh, you know you can access my my data inside of uh let's say facebook you know into uh you know, to get your my birthday so I can sign up for the UEFA uh, app, right? Right, um, right, right, right. And the final piece is third party, which is, you know, kind of our traditional, this is where, you know, the, the surveys, uh, uh, you know, the research, Cantor, Nielsen, Barb, all that, all that uh, exists. Um, and I think the key to all of this is that uh, none of those are wrong or right. They're just different sources. And I think have different levels of accuracy and then different levels of, how you can uh, project out from those different sources. And so ultimately, mm -hmm. when we get back to value, that has an effect on the value of the actual data point, because I could get, for example, age from all three of those sources. Um, and even within first party, there might be several ways I could get that, for example. Uh, and so that's that. Now to move, uh, I know we'll try to <clears throat> go through these next quite quickly, but then you have fidelity. So. Uh, in the difference of the fidelity of the data, I, I think you've got kind of a census approach versus an aggregated approach. So uh, I think a simple. Okay, walk me through that. Yeah, so a simple difference there is uh, maybe how a survey would work, where if I have an aggregate survey, um, you know, it's just kind of sent out to uh, you know a random bunch. They answer some questions, and I get the aggregate results of those, but I don't ultimately have right. The, answers of where census based that person yeah, yeah. I have 500 and I know that Yanni answered these 10 questions this way that's going to the database and so uh, 
both are valuable, both get similar answers, but you know, on, on, on census, it's a little bit different. Obviously that's related to first party. And then I can then use that, uh, into marketing. This will kind of come up in, when I talk about uses, which is, uh, number five, uh, then the other one is, uh, so, uh, moving on number four, uh, organization. Right, so there's structured versus unstructured data. And uh, the best way I can explain this to a layman uh, is um, just think of Facebook versus Twitter. Here, you know, here are two businesses uh, that when you really look at their monthly active user counts, uh, they're, they're, you know, they're pretty close, particularly if you look at like the USA metrics, which are kind of easier to find. Um, mm -hmm. However, market caps are very different. Um, and even before some of the Facebook acquisitions and so forth, but if you just think about how fast Facebook was to make a billion dollars off their advertising network. Um, right. And uh, the reason is that their whole system is mostly largely based on structured data. So what I mean by that is, you know, your profile is effectively a neat Excel sheet. So if you're gonna run pivot tables and derivatives, very easy to process. I mean, I think we can all understand that. Whereas in a kind of unstructured set of trying, uh, you know, which is a little bit more, I'm being a little bit unfair to Twitter here, but just largely uh, when we're asking about cinema analysis and, and, and things, uh, it's more of here's a huge Word document with all of these things random, and then you're trying to identify. Sift uh, through it, pull, yeah, pull out, pull out information that. from, I see, yeah. Yeah, and so if you're so if we're kind of watching this theme you know the more that you can have registered the more that you have a percentage that's first party the more that it's structured as opposed to unstructured these are creating more value within that database which then now next is uses so what right. uh, what kind of traditionally would have been because of the information available you could use analysis you know uh, a nielsen report like okay that's giving me measurement and i can use that effectively for a rights deal uh, and talking about you know potential, but it's not something I can then use to actually market to people or to actually create cohorts and uh, do lookalike modeling in either my own uh, uh, owned and operated uh, capacities or uh, outside of that. Um, so now, as this data is changing, now I, I have this new thing where I can do measurement and market at the same time. Uh, and this is why those other things, once you start to line those, now you have this new, new element where, um, measurement is marketing is measurement, right? And so mm. that's now get this feedback loop kind of rocking and, uh, anytime, uh, you're doing, uh, feedback and data and visual, that's, that's, that's when you start getting into harmony. Um, and then finally, uh, it, uh, is this kind of centralized versus networking nodes and. I won't go into too much of this. I mean, uh, but I, I think we all kind of understand this as a whole. But you know, we're this is something that a lot of the the, the clients and a lot of people we talk to are in this process of you know kind of making their former centralized database a little bit more nimble, agile, and more of a networked and node base. And this is has lots to do with portability of uh, or portability of data um, and moving moving things around. Uh, because of different security reasons or, uh, you know, different clouds, different government restrictions and all that sort of thing. Uh, so, right. uh, the more kind of moving to network cloud-based abilities, uh, is obviously improving, you know, everything, uh, particularly, you know, speed of being able to use the data on, on, on larger and larger queries, because I think lastly, that's one maybe thing when we're talking about amounts of data, 
a lot changing with, um, uh, you know, as we're growing from CRMs and kind of email list plus ticketing more or less. And now we're, we're really talking about media level data of, uh, all, every, the metadata within streams, the, all of the website data connected, all of the mobile app data, and just all of those connections are only growing through more and more people as mm -hmm. uh, teams and clubs and federations are getting more savvy at, uh, you know, delivering these great engagements, the, the, you know, again, like I said, the number of engagements are up, uh, you know, digital, uh, the, the, and also increasingly because more devices are moving into the physical space, IOT and Wi-Fi now and, and, and 5g and yep. all this, well now what, you know, it's kind of this funny thing of like, well, what, what physical live engagements are not also digitally recorded some level? Um, yes. and so we're now, I mean, I kind of, and producing data that can actually give you some sort of insight, uh, to, okay. to be able to then either predict behavior or monetize on the back end. Right. It's, it's, it's like that. It's, it's like that incredible line from, um, uh, uh, from the, um, film, the documentary, which I'm now blanking on about, um, Cambridge Analytica, where, um, you know, somebody says, no, your, your device is not listening to you. That is how good these companies are at predicting your behavior and what you want because mm -hmm. they have, because they have so much data and they can crunch through it and they can say, actually taking, taking all these behavioral models, we think that you, because you've looked at all these things in the past three months, you're probably going to want a pair of purple socks and you may have talked about them and then they popped up in your feed, but it's because they're predicting your uh, your behavior so well based on all the aggregated data that they have, which is incredible. Right. It's um, incredible. You know, it's, it's, it's what's the other movie quote, you know, they, they spend all the time, you know, thinking if they could, they never thought if they should. And yes, uh, yeah, exactly. And I think that's another opportunity for sports because the relationship of the sport brands and the shields in their communities are a totally different trust factor, which is also the unique value of it. That's, that's the show of the passion and how, you know, sports can stop time, you know, and it's timeless. Uh, but yep. you know, to, to that point, which is, I think, allowing more transparency in the, uh, in the use and because, because look, even with COVID-19, you know, if you think about the, you know, who, who has access to these kinds of data and, and increasingly, you know, you've got, okay. Uh, if we take any civic area, okay. It's government, um, telecommunications, uh, banking, you know, uh, and then your, your Facebook, Amazon's Alibaba's, uh, and then yep. what, the, you know, then sports entertainment. So you tell me what of those five things, what is loved, right? Yep. So with that is opportunity, but also responsibility. And I think, uh, you know, I think this is something that we're, we're, we're moving the, the ship in the ocean is taking us there as an industry. Um, and I think it's going to unlock a whole lot of opportunities. Uh, and we, you know, it's going to come up with some, uh, new conversations that, that we want to have. And I think that, that frankly, I think with C19, I think the fans are uh, bringing us there. I think that they want more direct connectivity uh, with the club, because I think that if there is to me, from what I see, if there is a theme of the younger audiences, we get asked about this a lot, well, you know, what do you see in Gen Z, uh, millennials, mm -hmm. I guess, Zena, authenticity, you know, which again, is one of the things that sports has in spades. Um, and so yep. this is what needs to be kind of the, uh, North star. I think when we think about data is, is authentic trades of information that are transparent as much as possible. Um, 
And, you know, I think there are, I've had some very exciting discussions uh, recently, um, you know, around these concepts with some, some leaders mm. in the space that I think are, uh, you know, I, I, so I, I think there's going to be a, a rapid uh, uh, increase in, you know, data acuity. And I think the, another thing that we're seeing as a trend is more people coming from outside sports into key positions around uh whether it's yeah. a transformation or, you know, serving that role that's very needed to be kind of between CTO, IT, commercial, marketing, and uh, the executive team, you know, and because data done right is aligning all of those uh, perspectives, right? Yeah. Um, and if you don't have those things lined up in kind of the, the concept of prioritization of the, the why are we do, doing data? What do we need to do with it? What do we expect from it? Um, then yeah. ultimately, it's not going to work very well. Um, and I think that those have been some of the challenges historically for the industry. Yeah, and I mean, I think you, you know, you absolutely hit the nail on the head, and certainly from my experience as well. Like I think back to you know, ten ten years ago, where the only people who were really thinking about data were the ticketing companies in the in the sports space, right? Because they were the ones who knew, right? If I have the right data, I can actually try to sell something else. You know, it was a little bit prehistoric i guess in these in in this context in the terms of uh you know it's it's basically an email newsletter that goes out with a whole bunch of stuff but fundamentally they were the ones and then rights holders would get into massive fights with the ticketing companies saying well no we need the data from the from the buyers but then the question that that i always ask is like okay great but what are we going to do with it are mm -hmm. you know are we just going to do the same thing that they're already doing because that's not going to cut through and i think the really interesting thing like what what, what you say is that Data well used becomes um, becomes sort of a, a an opportunity to really authentically connect with your with your fan base because you know what it is that drives Nick as opposed to Yanni. You know their uh, you can find out their consumption habits. You can find out uh, when they might be more receptive to a message. You can find out um, almost in certain degrees what their um, emotional uh, status might be in certain scenarios. And so therefore you can, um, depending on what you want to achieve, you can use that information to do it in the best way. And I'm not talking about a big brother thing, but right. you know, um, how do you best wish this person a happy birthday? What's, what's the best way to do that? Simple fan engagement. What's the, uh, what's the best way to tell somebody that they've won uh, a special prize or that they can get a discount at the merch store? Uh, is it just after a big win? Well, have they been watching the game? You know, is it going to really serve the right purpose? Th th those, those data is in and of itself is nothing. It's just points, right? It's mm -hmm. what are the insights that it gives you in order to be able to use it in the best way to connect with your audience because, and bringing it back to your sports point, that's where you build more love and when you generate fans who are actually going to spend more with you and be more loyal for a longer period of time. A hundred percent. And I think that's where, you know, uh, having this conversation at the highest level of the organization, even up to, you know, some clients have been brought in from the, you know, the, the owners themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that helps, you know, uh, spread the, opportunity more clearly and you know really thinking about this is you know the opportunity within the community it's 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 we can make the relationship with the fan better but it's there's also this kind of i don't know if it's altruism or whatever but like there especially now where so much of the world has divided points 
um, that it, it is that piece of sport that always brings conflict together. Yep. So, so many examples. Um, and uh, I, th I think that there is a role in kind of just understanding better, you know, what, it, what resonates with our fans? Who are they? Uh, what is the what is the composition? Because you're 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 showing the composition of a shield, but it's also the community. Um, and I think, mm -hmm. uh, and then it's it's frankly access to that community. I mean, I think that's what brands are trying to buy into ultimately, right? Is to yep. get a little bit little piece of that magic. And yes, we can maybe have more of that magic. Is uh, you know you get a peek of the curtain at the uh, we have more opportunities to show the science of that magic, but. Um, yeah, I think that's that's what kind of gets exciting here, and, and uh, certain changes around, you know, how data is moving in just our, our lives, uh, especially now. You know, uh, with C nineteen, you know, so much more with tracing and tracking has kind of moved that whole issue of the not yeah. other aspects, but the benefit of sharing as a community uh, certain things for a certain period of time. Right? Like, I don't mind. Yeah. You know. I think we're to a point maybe now where people, if I, if you were going to take my temperature to enter a stadium, uh, I, you know, I, I probably wouldn't mind that at this point, especially if you told me that, you know, Hey, this is on the mission impossible setting and it will, you know, erase in 60 seconds or something, but we just <laughs> need to, uh, assure that we have a record that we need to give to the government that says that, you know, a hundred percent of people here, you know, uh, no one had a fever, you know, at, at entry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's let's kind of dive into how data is being used in the sports industry right now, and I guess that's that's a that's a very wide spectrum. But um, I guess what's interesting for me is to is to find out who's doing creative stuff, stuff that not everybody else is doing. You know, everybody's doing uh, you know ticketing databases and and contacting people and you know uh, uh mailers and uh and um using data but who's doing interesting stuff or if you can't tell us who what is it that people are doing that's actually really starting to get into um uh real monetization opportunities by using data smartly yeah no i'll try to talk in generalities uh but i think that what i see in, in those that are leading yeah, I think uh, uh, a couple of things are, are really a rethink of, uh, of uh, you know, some of this seems like very basic things, but it's just advancing a little bit further, which is kind of evolving uh, what traditionally would have been, you know, kind of our CRM system, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and much more broadly about, uh, you know, again, it, we're kind of talking about the evolution of the business, right, from kind of uh, ticketing plus broadcasts right and and the measurement around that for sponsorship right to yep a minute now we can track all of these things as we're talking about uh and now the business is becoming more like a media enterprise right and with that uh we need to kind of start thinking about much more than uh the kind of transactional relationship pieces um such that you know that's where you know a lot of the work has been done in the past. It's been good, uh, but now mm -hmm. well, we got to we got to tie into streaming, and we got to think through, um, you know, improve some of the basics on uh, the acuity on uh, even web and mobile analytics uh, tracking the different behaviors that are coming there as apps are becoming. Uh, you know, certainly that's another piece. I think is the evolution of of what 
you know, seemed simple was the mobile app, but for so many years it was held back, you know, it wasn't revenue generating. Right. Um, yeah. I don't just mean getting a beer at my seat or something like that, but, uh, you know, kind of understanding it for, you know, most clubs and leagues and things like this, that the, that the app, uh, you know, it is that thing that could be in everybody's pocket and, uh, you know, and there are more ways to kind of get into that. And it has a lot of value in, uh, the different kinds of data that, um, you know, it, it can collect, but also different opportunities that it connects a fan. Uh, and so and that's a huge point, isn't it? It's like d- data, data is not a panacea, right? It's not like, Oh, collect data and suddenly you're going to be making a lot of revenue. It's just not the way it's, it's just not the way it works. You need to know what you're collecting. You need to know how you're going to collect it. You need to know how you're going to use it, but you have to make that investment to do it in order to then reap the benefits behind. It's, yeah, you know, and and, and you traditionally have to, sports rights holders have been very loath to take those kinds of risks. They have. And so that's resulted in kind of quote data strategies of like, okay, uh, are, are we, you know, I heard this one the other day, do we, are we buying a data lake or a data warehouse? Right? Like, well, you know, <laughs> uh, you know yeah. Right. Uh, but really what <laughs> whichever you want yeah yeah is like is is this what we're approaching here is is yes look the the, the infrastructure it's not just like if I buy the infrastructure now I get the benefit uh, mm-hmm. we have to really think about the uses and the demands of that information which is going to drive uh, the prioritization and you know getting the human elements correct is a big part of this and and managing expectations because, Frankly, it can do so much more. We just haven't been accustomed to using it because we get caught in the seasonality of this business, right? Where, you know, largely uh, you have, uh, you know, almost every business I've ever seen, you know, they're understaffed uh, and, uh, you know, uh, they have a very short window of getting new things in, right? Uh, and particularly mm-hmm. with uh, data, there's been, I think, an underinvestment in technology as a whole in the industry. Uh, you know, if I just took a percentage of gross revenue, you know, that is is invested in digital IT, you know, data engineering, data science, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's it's probably not enough. And I think that that's going to be a challenge here too. Is is you know there will be cash challenges uh, for for businesses, uh, you know, in in the next two one or two years. Let's say is you know how do I do more with less? Or, you know, this is all about an efficiency game and leaning into more kind of tools and scalable um, strategies uh, on top of those tools. And, you know, hmm. that, there, there kind of needs to be this kind of leap, uh, not a leap of faith, but a, a leap of, hey, we got to rethink this. Um, and I think those teams that are doing that well right now, like I said, have generally um, kind of hit the pause button, brought new blood in to rethink uh, some of them outside, you know, coming, you know, uh, whether they're coming from, uh, you know, entertainment or media companies, uh, or even the social networks themselves are kind of more engine, you know, uh, uh, data businesses or SaaS businesses, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you start to look at the fan base and, you know, going back to that kind of merge of, you know, the basis of how many people watch to how many subscribers do I have? Because if I start saying that the sports business is a subscriber business, which I'd argue mm-hmm. a loyal fan is a subscriber, 
have I not just kind of changed the game to say, well, okay, the multiples I can get on my gross revenue have just changed because now I'm more like Netflix than I am like, uh, you know, uh, Comcast or Viacom, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that change it has a big impact on valuations. I think that's going to be a big piece here with, uh, you know, trend we're preparing for is, is a, I think, a, a dawn of a big PE time here uh, coming in with, you know, art because of the cash stress that everyone's going to be going under with, you know, ticketing, we'll see what happens. Right. But um, I think there's great opportunity in looking at uh, those that can come in and see the value and the data potential in these storied assets, uh, especially mm-hmm. those that, you know, are not even in the uh, top divisions, but, uh, you know, again, we're talking about communities and influence and all these kind of magical things, right? Uh, I'd say that that's largely been undervalued uh, uh, by by you know some of the just kind of making about TV. You know, just to kind of put it outside, put put the context outside of sports for a second when we talk about TV as the value maker. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, British Museum, uh, you know, or the Louvre, right? Some of the most trafficked places, you know, on the planet. Uh, you know, when they're selling sponsorship, uh, you know, in those places, they're not really getting it on the eyeballs of the annual traffic as if it were, you know, a TV show that was getting, you know, 30 million uh, viewers or something, right? It's kind of based on, you know, people going there's, it's like, well, okay, uh, these kind of, uh, if we looked then at like, who is going and how often they return, uh, you know, the different pieces of that, you can just see how there's a reset and all kinds of uh, engagement of people in, in these mm. kind of traditional uh, entertainment places or, you know, civic entertainment, if, that, if you will, you know, parks and zoos and so, so forth. Uh, mm. That's, you know, and, and that's, and that's, um, I think that's ultimately, especially with COVID-19 where um, a lot of organizations, certainly that I'm talking to are really thinking about um, and, and trying to, the, the sense that I get, is that they're trying to muddle um, or unmuddle in their heads? Okay, like d- d- digital, social data. How do we um, how do we structure all of this in the right way in order to be able to um, try to replace some of this more traditional revenue stream, which is you know ticketing, which is for the foreseeable future going to take a massive hit if even exist at all. Right. Um, and and I think some people are doing it better better than others um with my limited knowledge i'm sure i'm sure you'll have some views but when when you think about it like what's your kind of nirvana like it it, it, what are people missing what's the big thing that you you wish somebody could get to that that they're just not that the industry isn't ready for Hmm. that's a that's a that's a really big question yanni um (laughs) (laughs) not to put you on the spot or anything yeah I think it's it's uh, it's a realization of the the real large opportunity. I still think that people, uh, as an industry, are not fully understanding uh, the power the club has, or the, you know the, the league, the federation, but the, the rights holder. You know, I believe. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll quote Herb Allen, uh, the, the investment banker. Uh, you know, mm. Content is king. Uh, you know, is, is, is how he, he believes it. Uh, and I, I, I agree. And I think there's an argument that would say maybe the distributor is at this point, uh, or, mm-hmm. maybe, or maybe it's 
but who has you know the 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 one with the great data eye is on on what's being distributed and what what is the reaction between the distribution the content and the and the eyeball um but ultimately you know we can look at the whole person for the first time like truly and yeah in the sports industry uniquely people want to be identified they 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 want to they want to be known by their club their team their shield they will uh, you know mm-hmm. uh you know uh, you know that, that's where I, I like using the word you know i like the sense of the european kind of sense of, of club and the history of that coming from you know churches and unions and uh yep. you know, health and all that you know i, I like that sense and it's probably in the, in the states the best example is our, our relationship with uh, college and university sports rather than the pro level right where it's yep. multi-generational and these sorts of things and uh you know direct is, affiliation oh, participation right? yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we, we don't really have songs for many of the pro teams here in the States, but almost, but every college has a fight song, right? Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot to that. And so the point there, as far as data is, um, they're there, they want to connect. We need to be, uh, we need to open up more doors for the direct connection uh, and understand that that also opens up new responsibilities for us as an industry in managing mm-hmm information uh, as transparent and ethically as possible, which I think will be good stewards uh, uh, because we serve the community. We, 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 there is a legacy in giving back to the community. There is a legacy in uh, obviously in charity and these sorts of things uh, in sport. It's, it's what inspires. So I think when I look at this whole future, where, and maybe this is kind of a closing statement of uh, the world that we're in where more and more things are being tracked it usually has a negative connotation, uh, but that's not going, you know, that's Pandora's box, right? But the hope can be, sports can lead in what is the best way to use data in a community. It can be that large mm. or it's small. And I think uh, that is kind of our, you know, act local, think global kind of component and really driving that value uh, back to the community too and the individual uh, fans. And, you know, I think, Thinking that big, I think, is um, is how we should be viewing it. Because I think that if we don't, then uh, others will, and uh, you know, might uh, might you know, uh, pay us up front uh, a lower rate than what you know. We, we don't want to lose to securitize it, it all and, and run off into the sunset with it. Right. I, I, I think you know the fear I have is that rights holders will undersell their opportunity in the next mm-hmm. two, two, three years. Uh, uh, and I, I think that's the real kind of rallying call for, for everybody. And I think that the C-19 opportunity is that kind of uh, chance where we can really stay, well, hang on a minute, let's, 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 really, let's really do this right and uh, yeah. really share. I think uh, sharing best practices uh, you know, is, is another piece I think is going to be uh, very helpful around you know, these organizations that develop. And I, I, I see that that is uh, starting to happen too. Yeah. For sure. You know, there's a saying in the um, publishing industry that says that you only need um, a thousand true fans to have a successful career um, because they will continue to consume whatever it is that you pump out books, you know, websites, etc. And I think that's the that's the, the the biggest thing for me in this conversation, even though, like I've told you before, I readily admit that I am a novice at this, I, I can't even pretend to have cracked the code. But um, I think that the the 
if the sports industry gets to a point where they understand that they um, that we have the opportunity and the ability to build those kinds of relationships and the technology is there to allow almost a one-to-one interaction with every single fan um, to change their perception, the magnitude of that, the, the, the goodwill that that will generate will repay, you know, tenfold in terms of uh, the benefits that will come to the business down the line. It is, is, I think the next, the next frontier, the next big sort of breakthrough, it's not going to be television money. It's not going to be, you know, sponsorship, which by the way is driving a lot of this need to understand the fan base more. Um, but it's going to be uh, 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 monetizing a deeper connection and a, and a, and a more regular interaction on an uh, individual level that is, yeah. that is informed and structured by, by great understanding through data. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, I think you, hit, you had a good word there uh, in goodwill, right? So let's not forget mm-hmm. goodwill is on a balance sheet, you know, so yep. why is the data asset not on the balance sheet, right? And I think that is one thing I think is, a, I know that, um, you know, that's one of the things we used to talk about with our uh, PWC boys. Uh, uh, but, you know, I think that is also something that, you know, uh, is something to be worked at at a industry uh, and uh, really a, a whole higher level plane of, well, Yes, I understand the value of data gets ultimately into Amazon stock price or something, but like literally, uh, if we can track it, why can't we then put a, a asset value on that and or at least start running our business on, on thinking through, you know, how well are we doing this? If, you know, yep. if I want to uh, improve my fan database, you know, uh, okay, if, if I say great and we're going to, we're going to, you know, go to the moon for fan data, okay. Well, how much is that going to cost, right? Is it a $5 million investment to make 50? Is it 10 to make a billion? Like, like uh, and those are, those are, those are the big questions that, you know, we need to sprint towards. Uh, and, uh, and I think, I think we're on our way, you know, but. Uh, yep. And if anybody, if anybody needs to find out how to do that, give, uh, give Nick Goggins at uh, Pump Jack Data Works a call and you'll help them figure it out. I love to help. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, there's, there's, yeah, we have ideas and some technologies. We'll apply them. There you go. Um, so real quick, uh, before, before we sign off, um, there's so much more that I'd love to ask you, but I, I'm conscious of, of your time. Um, what's, what's next for pump Jack? Well, yeah, I appreciate you asking. I think, you know, for us, uh, you know, strategically, we're really focused on, uh, streaming data right now and really bringing that together uh, with, uh, you know, with the core CRM and just really kind of scaling those things out, developing cohorts for folks on you know, OTT and subscriptions and those sorts of things. And I think you'll start seeing some uh, use cases coming out of us in, in the next, uh, you know, uh, three, six months. Uh, and, you know, again, kind of the steady feature of, uh, you know, we, we, we definitely uh, are U.S. based and strong here, and I think we're, we, but we see, you know, uh, continuing in, in, the, in the globe, the globe, the globe game, uh, and uh, I think you'll see some, some elements there and uh, uh, more hiring. <laughs> well, that's good news. That's good news for some folks over here. We'll, uh, I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you a list of names after this. Um, 
Nick, thank you so much for, for taking the time. Uh, really appreciate you uh, giving us some insights and uh, really excited to have Pumpjack as uh, part of Sportsloft. Uh, to our listeners, if you enjoyed today and you want to hear more from uh, other tech leaders in the sports business uh, industry, please uh, click subscribe and follow our podcast. We will have one every two weeks at, the, at least. And uh, we look forward to uh, welcoming some more Sports Loft members onto the Sports Loft podcast soon. Nick, thank you very much. And uh, we'll speak soon. Yeah, appreciate it. Enjoyed it. I'll see you later. All right. Take care. Bye, everybody. All right.